0: Welcome to a new episode of the Computomics podcast. I'm very excited for our guests today and we'll introduce them now. They are a plant breeder by education and an organizational talent by heart. They've delivered engaging solutions across projects and facilitations in the public and private sector. This includes work in the pre-breeding and fusarium resistance of hybrid rye for breeder KWS, And program managing the wheat initiative. Today, they work as a breeding expert at Computomics. Alisa Ziba, I'm so glad to have you here today. Hi there, Alisa. um, You have a PhD in agricultural science. Which are the main crops that you've worked with?
1: So I'm a cereal nerd I really like wheat like not wheat wheat <laughs> uh, and my PhD focused on durum Um, it's like a quite important um, crop for the Swabians among us because you make the um, Sem- semolina out of it so to get really good spätzle.
0: <laughs> so, so you would say that it was maybe your love for spätzle that brought you even into that field? It was more by accident, but when I think longer about it, uh,
1: it it must be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Well, um, as I mentioned in the introduction, you've worked for KWS, a, a breeder. Um, maybe can you just uh, tell me a little bit what kind of work did you do at, at KWS?
1: So I was responsible for the breed breeding sector. So if you have your normal regular breeding program where you... um cross your parents, then you find the best ones and you um, develop them to an actual variety. This takes about seven to 10 years and then some more years for um, registration. Um, but due to the whole breeding um, progress and process, um, sometimes you lose um, diversity or when you're looking for a specific trait, um, this might be not uh, um, visible in the current breeding pool so you have to bring in new material this is done by land raises or wild varieties but to make them work for the conventional breeding program you need to de- do this pre-breeding like making them like it's like kindergarten make bringing them into the school and when they done their high school they're ready to go into the the um, um conventional breeding program and this was like my task to to be the kindergartner and um, my focus was on like general earliness and vasarium headlights so looking out if there's like potential material that improves the resistance so rye has looked like it has some resistance but it's more not sure if it's just an escape mechanism so because it's really tall compared to wheat yeah, we were looking for if there's a like real um, resistance in, in diverse, biodiverse material.
0: Mm-hmm. And I love that image of of the kindergartner, you know, <laughs> trying to, to, to get all those seeds together and, and make them do, you know, what, what's good for them and maybe you know for them as as grown people <laughs> if, we, <laughs> if we continue the analogy um but what what we, would you say was the toughest part about that work uh, I, I would assume like a real kindergartner sometimes you know has to t- deal with some some kids being sick or, or they all want to do different things and go in different directions what were your rye kindergartner challenges <laughs>
1: Uh, so actually, to get them, like everyone, out of bed. Uh, so since the material was so diverse, we got them from like um, a genetic gene bank, uh, like seed gene bank. But the material was all over the world, so everyone started growing at a different time. And to do, for example, the um, amphotericium trials, where we have to uh, spray the fungi over the plants to test, like actually, in um, see if they get sick or not. Um, It has to do like we have to do this at a specific time. And since not everyone is like getting out of bed um, at the same time, it's really hard to find the right time and actually see if everything is growing at all or um, some need more treatments. Um, This was uh, always exciting to say (laughs) if it really worked out to find a good one then. Mm -hmm.
0: And um, how would you say, I mean, I can already hear that you were maybe experimenting a little bit with different approaches. Um, how would you say, did you foster in a way innovation within the, the breeding program?
1: Um, so since breeding is always the same and never the same at the same time. Um, so you do the same steps every year, but due to weather, um, environment, needs different like the needs also uh changes over the years um you always have to adjust and adapt um so it's always some kind of something new and um yeah research uh, um like it's uh, it's still r&d um um and we're always looking for a new and better solution so this is already exciting and um something that yes that uh it has a, it
0: has a home and breeding so it's something it's already there mm-hmm. and can you give an example maybe okay, if you if you think back I know it's been a couple of years now <laughs> but um but if you think back at that time you know when you had to make such an adjustment can you can you give us an example of that
1: yeah so again it's the facerium trials so there have been already facerium trials uh but I had a really good um teacher during university who was uh He's really experienced uh in, in um posterium breeding. It's um, um uh yeah, and he showed me actually how to do the trials. Um and I try to bring this in and it's something new and in conventional or like in, in commercial breeding programs, um it's different compared to to like university breeding, since uh, everything needs a rhythm because in the end you need to harvest seeds to sell them and Uh, to bring in this new idea they all liked it but you changed the system like there's a new trial there's like a new how to evaluate everything and it was a lot of um, going from person to person and convincing and but in the end if you show um, willingness to help uh, they've been all on board and After getting this um, done, um, the trials went really successfully. So it's it's more a people job, (laughs) to like to introduce new um, trials or new ideas, to convince them.
0: I I get that. I have a people job too. (laughs) Um, It's it's a lot of the work is is really about that, like you know, spreading information, uh, making sure everyone understands what it's about and how it relates to their work and their goals, Uh, and then you can uh, work together as, as a team much better. Yeah so communication is a is a big part or ha- must have been a huge part of um, another step another milestone in your career you were a program manager at the the weed initiative maybe a bit of context um, and do correct me if i if i uh, if i say it wrongly but um as far as i understand the weed initiative is an organization that's coordinating global wheat research Um, it was created in 2011 following the endorsement of the g20 agriculture ministries and seeks to provide i guess a kind of a framework to uh, establish strategic research and organization priorities for wheat research at an international level um, and that includes both developing and um, developed countries um, and includes also I read funding or the attempt to to secure funding for that research so I, I would summarize it maybe as um, or, or maybe you can tell me could it be said that the weed initiative is uh, almost an NGO for wheat research and policy making uh,
1: f- quite well summarized um just, just a quick note uh we say global north and global south instead of developed and developing countries um thank you welcome um, yeah so wheat um again it's some kind in my in my uh curriculum uh, is one of the most important um food sources um but for example compared to maize or corn um the r d um um Investments is the word I was looking for. um, Are quite like relatively low compared to corn um, and maize. And the endorsement, like the idea of the endorsement, was to really push um, read research like in the focus. Then um, why it is so important um, um, to yeah actually um, the overall goal to um, secure the uh, food in twenty fifty. So it was um and, and the idea behind the we need initiative is to speak to the researchers, see where their needs are, um, summarize them through our initiative and bring them to the policymakers. So we had the working groups of researchers, and we had the policymakers in um some kind of um yeah board uh and so it was relatively easy to get um there's some kind of workflow and um yeah to to let the policymaker what what we what the researchers need to improve the 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 research
0: and if if i if to, to go to a little more detail on that um i'd be interested in in how exactly that conversation that exchanged with researchers and also I guess representatives of industry, the we uh, the wheat industry or, or production, how how did that work on uh, on a daily basis? How could they get their needs heard or how would you ask them?
1: Um it was less on a daily basis. It was more like on um workshops, um projects, um workshops where we um, supported the the working groups, like we had, for example, a breeding working group or a um, drought resistance um, working group and so on. Um, And in their workshops, they had um, academic researchers, um, researchers from the industry. Um, It was a lot of networking, bringing the right people together. And out of those workshops, they um, formulated the problem and potential solutions. and also discussing what is needed. Um, and through this, um, they either brought their ideas to the um, secretary where I was working, or um, through us, or directly, because some researchers um, from the working groups also been in this um, research scientific board where we have representatives of the um, of researchers or research institutes, and... Um, of the industry so it was always one partner from academia and one from um, private sector um, and they um, filtered like because we have so many uh, needs and working groups um filtered out the important information and brought them to the um, representatives of each ministry and of the countries that are in the weed initiative.
0: and. Uh- if you can recall, I, I know you've you've worked there for a, almost two years. Uh, in your time there, what was maybe one example of, of such a such a need that you formulated together that you found through one of these workshops, and and uh, how did that progress in the country with policymakers? Do you have an example, maybe?
1: Um, it's less uh, plant
0: related, but more um, funding related. So
1: out of um, um, Right in the beginning, we had a really big um, workshop meeting where we actually had all the um, in- initiative partners in, and the need was to find some kind of fundraising system without in a, within our initiative, or like the question how does all the um, fundraising system works because on within a country it can be complicated, but with two countries it becomes more complicated. If it's you, it's well, and as soon as you outside of the eu um it's like almost <laughs> it's horrible to get all the bureaucracy uh, in line um so out of the needs we developed a fundraising working group um they summarized all the funding mechanisms in the countries and offered to support specific groups to um get funding and um yeah explain how how everything is working so this was like uh, a straightforward um solution out of this workshop
0: yeah that's interesting i mean sometimes it's really about streamlining the information and then and then i guess creating an infrastructure f- that that people can use to then uh, once again get their funding on the on exactly. the local level i see and and what was your role within that i mean we said program manager but what was your your role your your daily work what did it consist of
1: yeah so in that special case it was um hearing and bringing the voices together i um, like um I, I i loved it like i always say i mean, it was the communicate like the communication main center i'm not sure if it's the right the hub. word uh, overall it was um listening to all the different project leaders um it was a lot of networking a um, lot of um project management um um yeah um developing the workshops together with the um, uh, work sh- uh, um working group leaders um going to conferences listening to what other researchers are saying um yeah and mainly like bringing people together again like a people job. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, you, you, I think your background or, or your your academic, uh, career was in at the University of Hohenheim, right? in Thank in Germany, Bundesbank Germany. Um, and I think here uh, you probably have pretty good setup, and people would know about the wheat initiatives. But if if you know, for example, there was a researcher now in uh, in an area that wasn't as well connected, how could they kind of access the those workshops or that that information that the wheat initiative offers so
1: there are like two things um to getting the information and also to be a, um, a member of the weed initiative was not for free um so you have to be a pay membership fees the one thing about information is um we went on conferences or i actually approached smaller countries um if they would be interested in joining the weed initiative or like not just countries but also companies um we were figuring out um a strategy to make it more accessible for also um countries that or like companies who wouldn't have the financial capacity to be a membership fee but um in my time I was there um, we couldn't completely um uh yeah implement it so i am um, yeah, that's uh, the main thing but um yeah. The, the the our task was really to approach them from our side and um show them the advantages for the countries and companies to be a part of the um, initiative mm-hmm.
0: you did you did mention earlier uh the you know the topic of sustainability and also the global impact of of that work um and i think weed breeding weed research in in general um how would you say uh, does plant breeding support the UN Sustainable Development Goals or SDGs for short? Um,
1: as a plant breeder, I always say it's like there's solution at all. But if you talk, for example, to um, uh, someone who's working in plant protection, would say, say yeah, only this is the right solution. And um, it's like a mixture of everything. Um, um, you have to constantly um, Im- roof the plants because we're like the world population is growing, the climate conditions are changing. Um just uh um the I read news in the morning where it's like the droughts in several countries are um eliminating the harvest from like to zero um and it's not possible to, to feed the people um and finding plants that can survive that harsh conditions or are more resistant um, to those quick changes or, um, for example, um, have a shorter period for growing, um, secures food. So everything is somehow connected. And for me as a a plant breeder or as a plant producer um, or someone connected with plants at all, it's, it's the base of everything.
0: An un- understandable perspective but even even to me as a non non-plant beater it, it's it sounds uh, like it makes sense especially if you do have an openness to other areas of of development and and maybe a shared approach at some point um so one thing i i read in my research uh, uh about you is um uh, that uh i think it was in an article at a glad that they they covered you <laughs> um they they did quote you, as saying you you loved the your work at the weed initiatives and organizing and communicating, but you did miss science uh, like the the actual like kind of hardcore science a little bit in that job just because there was so so little time for that. Uh, now that you're the a breeding expert at at computomics and also do freelance work um, how how do you balance those areas of both your skills and also um, your vocation what what you like to do um
1: It's actually like it couldn't work out better. So I'm only part-time at Computomics and uh, getting again a little bit nerdy and um, reactivating all the knowledge um, that I learned once in academia and university and also working with the analysts is um, a lot of fun. I really miss that. Um, And also like getting back to like the knowledge you actually did as like a practical um, knowledge um bringing this in um but since i am not like it wasn't my daily job in the last 5 years or so um it's a really nice balance actually to do the project management for uh, my my um, social equity projects or um like other projects as a freelancer um so it's it's some kind of natural balance my brain needs somehow so it's uh advantage for me
0: <laughs> i totally relate to that i also need a bit of a change of pace um but to also to stay to stay connected um but for for your work at computomics as a as a breeding expert what what would that entail that's where you work with the analysts and you communicate uh, with with project partners or can you give us an insight into that yeah so um it's Uh, I'm still in the beginning, but my main
1: tasks are like understanding what are the analysts doing and what do they need, for example, from the breeder um, and also make them understand what the breeders need or how a breeder thinking. So finding the the same language because everyone, like in the end, the goal or like everyone is thinking in the same direction, but um, just um, bringing in. Together the voices um, is like the main thing at the moment. so I'm um, talking to the sales department to um, talking to the analysts and also understanding um, what the current readers are needing. and this is like
0: something I'm trying to do in the moment. <laughs> and you seem to be having fun if I if I if I read the signals right.
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I missed that and I'm happy to
0: have this in my life again. Great, Alisa. Thank you so much for for spending some time with us and giving you giving us an insight into into your your work, uh, into understanding a little bit the the role of wheat um, with regards to the sustainable development, the global sustainable development, but also the nitty gritty daily uh, work um, of communicating uh, with anyone from breeders to analysts. Uh, it was really lovely to talk to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> And to everyone out there listening to this episode, thank you for being here. We hope to hear and see you in a way again for our next episode. Um, Meanwhile, feel free to check out our website at computomics.com and hear you next time.